Welcome to Embrace the Jiggle with Jade Coolia. This is episode 39, Addressing Your Self-Critical Thoughts, Part 1. Hello, my beautiful friend. How are you? Thank you so much for being here. Uh, you know, this is going to be, this is one of my favorite kinds of podcasts to record is when I can get your input, the specific things that you are having a difficult time with, and I get to spin it and help you maybe see a more self-compassionate view of the things that you are wanting to change and adjust and just kind of struggling with, right? And we all get in that self-critical mode. Um, There is a refreshing view of compassion when it comes to these types of things. And I just love it. So this is absolutely going to be a two-part. Make sure you come back next week for part two. But uh, let's jump right in. So I recently asked you, my beautiful friends, what you are most self-critical of. And I am so excited to share this because like I was just saying, it's going to hopefully give you a new self-compassion focused perspective. And I know that it will help you when those ugly thoughts creep in. Okay. So I will keep names anonymous and I will be combining a few different topics because there were absolutely recurring themes, which was so interesting. Um, so just so you know, we will finish addressing all the topics between this week and next week, which I love. Uh, now I know upfront, I know that sometimes this can be a heavy kind of downer topic, right? Self-criticism. Like it just sounds kind of ugly and dark and downer and depressing. And we just like, why would you sit here and listen to me talk about sad things? Like that doesn't sound very positive, (laughs) but I do not want you to finish this episode feeling heavier. Okay. I need you to know that there is a light and a hope to working through self-criticism. I promise there is. And it is something that I have to work on all the time. A lot of times I have a few specific women in my life that are so wonderful and can help me pick out the pieces when I am being self-critical that I am so thankful for. So it's just um, a different perspective. I'm right here in this process with you. Uh, Other perspectives just are helpful. So. With that being said, it is important for me that we address just something first, and it's the first three steps towards self-compassion. If you don't understand self-compassion, then this perspective is going to make no sense to you. It's going to sound all hippy-dippy and kumbaya, but there's nothing really good about it. (laughs) So um, self-compassion, this world, it's really first just being mindful of the things that you are self-critical over. Now, if you were one who submitted something to me, then congrats to you. You've already written down and verbalized what you are self-critical of. So the good news is that you already did step one of your mindfulness journey. (laughs) So kudos. Um, If you haven't, if you didn't submit something, that's great. Just take a second and pause and think about what it is that you are self-critical over. I would be willing to bet that this list that we are going to go through, something probably will resonate, but the best thing is just to really think about what you are most self-critical of right now, okay? And then the second step of self-compassion is common humanity, and that is remembering that we all have self-critical thoughts, 
And it's just simply part of the human experience. It does not make you bad. It does not make you a negative person that no one wants to be around. We just create these patterns and these habits of self-criticism that we get to work through and figure out how to shift and adjust. And that's a wonderful, a wonderful process, a tricky process, but a wonderful process. <laughs> so one thing to remember is that the view that we have of ourselves is not linear throughout our life, meaning at different stages and different times, those unkind thoughts may be really, really loud. And they really might be knocking on your door a lot, right? Kind of be your leading lady. And there may be times when that voice, those thoughts, they are a little bit more quiet. And sometimes that's intentional and sometimes it's maybe subconscious, right? That we just don't want to go there. Um, maybe we avoid going internal to figure all of this stuff out. And maybe we have times where we are tired of feeling junk about ourselves. And so we are jumping right into the self-help, right? To fix all the things, <laughs> But first and foremost, remember the beauty in knowing that you are not alone in your thoughts, okay? We have to keep that in mind when we get in a self-critical mode, because if we think we are the only ones who fill in the blank, can't lose the weight, can't love our bodies, have chronic pain, yell at our kids, aren't smart enough, get annoyed at their partner, keep making the same mistakes, et cetera, et cetera, right? There's, there's an endless list of things that we become self-critical over. Then if we just isolate and we think that we are the only ones in thinking that process, then we are emotionally isolating ourselves. And those are the thoughts that will not serve you. They will keep you feeling stuck like you will never change. They are mean thoughts and they're yucky and not the kinds of words and ways that you need to speak to yourself if you actually want to feel better and be happier with yourself, okay? And I love you. I do. And I need you to know that change is possible. And it starts with just writing down and verbalizing what you are self-critical of. Then remembering that you are human and humans are awesome and complex, and we have a lot of things to navigate inside our brains, right? So don't isolate when you are in that stage. And now we get to move to step three of self-compassion, and that is the fun part, right? That's where we get to start bringing in all of the beautiful self-kindness perspective, and that's what I'm here to help you with. Because like I was saying, it can be challenging sometimes on our own to see the compassionate side. So just open your heart, listen and see what we talk about. Listen to see if it is something that resonates with you and your self-critical challenge. And let's just move through this together, okay? I want to start giving you a list um, of all the things that were submitted to me that we are most self-critical over. And just kind of check in with yourself as you hear them, okay? Notice if there is something that resonates with you. Do you notice your body have some kind of reaction with one over another? Maybe your stomach turns or gets a little tight when I say one like, oh, yep, that's me. I'm critical of that, right? <laughs> um, maybe your face creates a little more tension in it or you kind of make a face. These are all signs that your body is giving you 
that maybe could be an area for you to work on when you're ready. And if you don't notice anything about your body, then just think and see if in your mind you can relate to these things, okay? So the things that were submitted to me that you are most self-critical over, um, we are going to address the body. That was number one, came up so many times. So we are self-critical over our bodies. We are self-critical over our productivity and tying our worth to the things that we are getting done. We are self-critical over procrastination and time management. That came up multiple times. We are critical over having a clean enough home, the size of our home, um, owning a home or not, right? Um, I also got that we are self-critical every time we yell at our kids, which goes all the way into parenting, which is another one that came up over and over and over again, feeling like an inadequate mom. We're not fun enough. We're not outgoing enough. We're not crafty enough. We don't like to just sit on the floor and play with our kids. Um, we aren't adventurous. All of those things that we think we should be as a mom that we feel like we are not good enough at. Huge, huge one for being self-critical over. We're self-critical over feeling lazy, um, not feeling knowledgeable enough or giving enough to people. So sometimes we just feel stupid, right? Like we don't know and if we don't know, we can't share that with other people. Um, I've received answers of not being eloquent enough or graceful enough. Some were self-critical over their income um, and also self-critical over repeating mistakes. Even though we know better, we still keep doing the same thing again and again. So it was a huge list of very, very tangible, applicable things. And I would imagine something settled with you. So I want to just jump right in and start off with one of the most common ones, which is parenting. That's kind of an umbrella over it, right? Um, it's not feeling like we are blank enough. Fill in the blank. Now, first of all, I understand this. Remember, we are here to just look at parenting, look at this thing that we are critical over and create more of a compassionate perspective so that maybe you don't feel like crap all the time and beat yourself up all the time, okay? So um, I honestly don't know any parent that does not relate to this feeling at one point or another. So here's something to just consider, okay? And this is just a very literal take on this one to start with. As a mom, I believe that there are times for major, fun, adventurous playing and times for slow chill activities. Okay. I'm going to say it. We are not going to be fun every single day. <laughs> we are not going to be happy and on the top of our game every single day. For me, this type of engagement often falls in line with my hormonal cycle. And that can be a topic, honestly, all on its own. But simply put, your energy levels as a mom are going to cycle every month along with your hormones. So learning the days that you have higher energy levels versus the days that you have lower energy, you've got to learn to use that to your advantage. Maybe consider planning a couple of fun things on the days you have literal high energy. This is typically around day 8 to 16-ish of your cycle. It's different for every body, um, but that is when you plan the fun stuff 
And then you save the more chill playing for the rest of the month, which I'm sorry is the bulk of the month. <laughs> we got to learn to, you know, embrace that world. Um, but learning this cycle of your body can honestly directly translate to the things that you do with your kids. And when you understand that there will be high times and low times, it can take off some of the mean self-critical jabs that we give ourselves. It honestly kind of helps you truly recognize that you are not always like the quote unquote, not a fun mom. We might feel like that a lot, but it actually is not the reality. You can also start using phrases throughout your day. So this is another tool. Aside from learning your cycle and appreciating the ebbs and flows, you can use phrases or mantras throughout your day that are not so far out of reach, but just little reminders for yourself. So maybe you're going throughout your day and you remind yourself, I am a good mom, or I am trying trying being the keyword to be a present mom. One I just recently heard and I'm kind of trying on personally uh, for this phrase is I am simple. This one I'm finding is especially helpful for my mamas that are yellers like me sometimes, right? We get a little feisty. Um, I have absolutely been a yeller too, and I have gotten better at it through this world of self-compassion and mindfulness. Um, but there's a particular moment that I notice in my body now after practicing it. And it's that moment when things are going wild, which they will with kids, right? They're going wild. It's crazy. But then there's that moment between their behavior and your desire to yell. What if you pause and you tell yourself in that moment, I am simple. Maybe it's just enough of a reminder to breathe and to approach the situation with a simple mindset instead of an explosive one. Something simple like a mantra like this related to your parenting specifically can be a really simple reminder and a shift in your mindset so that you don't stay in the self-critical space. All right. Another really important piece of looking at your parenting through the self-compassionate lens means that you recognize the things you are doing. You do not focus on the things you aren't. And unfortunately, our minds will naturally remind us of the comparisons we see or we feel. And so it takes practice to rewire that pattern in your mind and begin a new pathway in your brain of focusing on the good that you do. And I know it is hard, but I know that it is possible if you want to practice it. You know, it was so interesting. Once I was talking to my mom and she had mentioned that her generation of friends did not spend every day, like we're talking in mom mode right now, right? They did not spend every day feeling like they weren't doing enough or a great job. Like, for sure, those feelings are, came up for them, but it wasn't like this consistent thing that they were seeing or feeling. And they they would talk to their daughters, so me and the, the ladies kind of my age, and a lot of us in my generation felt that self-lack, like that idea of we needed to be doing more and felt like 
we weren't doing this and this and this and this, and it just was making motherhood really difficult. And it was so interesting as we talked about it, I realized that I think it's because of the kind of the beauty, right? The beauty that social media (laughs) brings to us all and the natural comparison that we frankly shove in our own faces every single day. So my mom's generation did not have that physical reminder every day glued to their hand with their phone of what they should be doing or could be doing. They just lived their life and talked about it when they got together, right? Um, So I like to think, how would it feel if I never really saw what others did with their kids? Would I feel better about my own situation and my own parenting if I didn't see on Pinterest all the fun, adventurous, incredible things that others were doing? Maybe. And it honestly, it doesn't make those things bad. Honestly, I love to get ideas from Pinterest and follow others who help give me positive things that I can do as a family. It just also requires more awareness of my own thoughts. So it is possible. Just remember to start small, right? Start tracking your cycle and noticing the patterns and the days you wake up with more energy. Lean into that and find an activity that, that brings you and your kids closer together. And once you get the hang of all of that, remember that the light does come after the lull. The light really does come after the lull. And it's normal to have some days that are slow and low energy, and then you live it up on the other days that will come. I first learned this from Elizabeth Olson, who I will link in the show notes. She is a master at supporting you through your cycle and beginning to understand how it all works. So if you're interested more in that, um, definitely go follow her and get some more information. But see, in my, in my experience, half of the challenge is trusting and learning your body to know that even on those days where your self-critical thoughts are taking over and you aren't feeling like enough as a mom, you are enough. Trust your body. Trust yourself that you are doing a good job, a great job. And you don't have to stay in that self-critical space forever. So accept the thoughts as they come. Get curious about if maybe it's tied to something else like hormones or sleep or hydration or sunshine, right? All of those things that we need and we need to pay attention to. And then remind yourself that you are a good mom. And you are doing so much better than you give yourself credit for, okay? And I know that was a lot on parenting and momhood, but just go with me in that you got to take a breath. You have to remember that how you feel right now may not be how you feel in a week. And so embrace whatever is going on and trust that you really are a good mom, okay? Now, next I want to move to the next thing. And I heard from so many women that they are self-critical over their time management. They only seem to get things done when there is a deadline or something making them do the things. Okay. Now I am no pro at time management. (laughs) In fact, I'm going to a retreat soon with Siri Payne. She is incredible at this because I want to get better at this process. 
Um, and I've just been lucky enough to meet some incredible women. And I can point you her direction if you need help with your specific time management and figuring out your priorities. She is a master at this. And um, I will absolutely link her information in the show notes below as well. Um, but these self-critical thoughts do not, do not help you get things done faster. Okay. It just doesn't as often as we want to think that self-criticism is going to motivate us. It just doesn't. It, I could just say it forever. Should I just say that for the whole rest of the episode? It's not going to do it. It's not going to do it. (laughs) So let's go through a self-criticizer point of view with this one. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, um, this is something we talk about often. uh, And I'm referring to the thing called, it's a three chair perspective by Kristen Neff. And it's a wonderful perspective shift. So the criticizer in you, when we're talking about time management and productivity, your criticizer inside says to you, oh my gosh, you never get things done unless there is a deadline. And then you push you should really change that. Why can't you just get it done early? You are such a procrastinator. Or maybe those sound familiar. Or maybe yours sounds like, well, I only got three of the 10 things I had to do done today. Another failed day. Did I even spend with time with my kids or did I just waste time? What did I even do with my time? What a crap mom that I can't even remember. Right? Or what about something like this? I am for sure getting fired. I never get things done quick enough. And then I'm stressed out around my family. I'm totally sucking at everything right now. Do any of these things sound familiar? Now, they might not be the thing that you verbalize and say to yourself, but I would almost guarantee that there are times when these thoughts are what is going on inside your mind as you pay attention to it. So they may ring a bell and you also might have your own language that your criticizer uses. But here's what I want you to remember, okay? Your compassionate side, the one that does exist inside already, even if you struggle with time management, is trying to tell that piece of you that you don't have to motivate with harsh words, Again, you don't have to motivate yourself with harsh words. It is possible to take a situation like time management and productivity, and instead of being negative and self-critical over it, look at it and think to yourself, maybe this is the side of me that wants to be better with my time just because they are trying to remind me of my real priorities. Maybe this can just be a gentle reminder that I have been judging myself and responding with criticism and it isn't going to motivate me to get things done more efficiently or before the deadline. Could it be that I feel this need to be better simply because there is a piece of me, the criticizer, right, that has been called out in the past for not being enough? That kind of sucks, but I'm not going to motivate myself with this sharp language anymore. I'm going to try and understand why I want to be better with my time 
and then come from a kind place. Maybe it's that I simply just don't want to be like someone in my family, right? Like like my dad, like my parent, whatever. A lot of times it ties back to that. Maybe I don't want to be like that who was always late or whatever it is. See if anything like that sits with you and maybe kind of helps you change your perspective as to why you are so critical over your productivity and your time management. And maybe just understanding a little bit more of a compassionate view could help take the edges off of the harsh, sharp words, right? I promise that understanding our desire for change through a compassionate lens will always win. In my, in my opinion, I guess that's in my opinion. Um, so I hope that is helpful. I want to address one more for this episode. I know it's a little bit longer than my typical episode, but I really, like I said, this is multiple parts because I want you to get the specific help and perspective shift that you need. So I hope you're sticking along with me. Um, So we will finish up next week with addressing some of the big ones with with addressing our body, our wish for knowing more, um, the way we treat our partners, um, the self-critical piece of just feeling lazy or our income um, and not feeling eloquent enough. Okay, we're going to address all of that in next week's. But one more for today is going to be centered on your home. And I am passionate about this because I am a stay-at-home, work-from-home mom. My home is is my space. Um, So I love that this came up and I understand how it can be a self-critical thought for a lot of people. There were honestly a lot of people that that chimed in that they were self-critical over their homes. And it was in different ways, right? It's the cleanliness of it. It's the size of it or the ability to own it yet or not. Um, Homes are just so interesting, right? And again, like we've mentioned, it's normal to judge ourselves for the state of our home. It doesn't make you bad. It's It's a very natural thought and comparison is real. And it's often not as helpful as we think. Like we've talked about, we think sometimes that that comparison, those ideas, it's going to motivate us to want to make the change, to create the home that we want, but often it's just feeding the criticizer inside of us. I'm going to say that again. If we use comparison to try to motivate, and so we look at the things we want, we dream of the things we want. On one hand, if you're in a really healthy space, it can be dream-based, very grounded, very dream-based. If you are not in a very clear headspace, then all that's going to do is going to feed your criticizer. And it's the ugly piece of comparison. So the thing is that our home is our space, right? It's where you spend your time. It's where you plant your feet and you raise your kiddos. It's where we get to make memories and we want to make good ones, right? Don't we? So when our home isn't feeling the way you want it to feel, I suggest finding one thing to start with start with. Okay. So imagine this in a perfect world, what would your home be? Would it be more organized? Would it be simplified? Would it be more consistently clean? 
the size of it may never change. And so what if it doesn't, right? What if the size of your home never changes? Is there a way that you can find happiness there anyway? Another really important thing to remember is that motherhood is not housekeeping, okay? Motherhood is not housekeeping. Often for us stay-at-home or work-from-home moms, those lines and those lanes get very, very muddy. And often it's because we just want a clear, simplified place to spend our days, right? So what can I say? So what I can say is this. Um, you are allowed to be more compassionate toward yourself about your home. Instead of the harsh, sharp language and getting pissed off that it's never clean the way you'd like, recognize that maybe that desire comes from a place of wanting something different from your childhood. Is that why you stress and why you criticize yourself over your home? Or maybe on the flip side, you loved your childhood home and it was clean and it was loving and inviting and wonderful. And for whatever reason, you're finding it hard to recreate that. Maybe just take some pressure off yourself for a minute and just start small, okay? Spend a week or more. Honestly, don't even time it. Just focus on one thing. Maybe it's simply wiping the counters consistently. For me, it's my kitchen. My kitchen needs to feel clean for my brain to feel um, organized. And my kitchen usually becomes a mess when my brain is feeling like a mess. So maybe you are just focused on wiping the counters consistently. And when you get really good at that, add on rinsing the dishes and putting them rinsed in the sink, right? Instead of with food on it. And when you're really good at that, then you baby step it a little more and you rinse and you put them in the dishwasher and you wipe the counter. And all of a sudden, these habits kind of begin to build and you can create the feel in your home that you are hoping for, right? So find something small in the most impactful space for you and just begin making a little adjustment here and there, okay? Also, like I said, I feel like the luckiest lady with all these awesome people I have been able to meet through business. But go follow Markel on Instagram. She is at simply.stressless, and I'll link her in the notes as well. She is a simplification and organization master, and her calming presence is one of the most beautiful things. And she just makes organization honestly feel attainable. (laughs) So if you want tangible help on how to adjust those kinds of things in your home, in your world, then she's your girl. So um, if you want the mindset help, right, the mindset shift and recognizing when you are speaking negatively to yourself and when to understand and how to understand how to adjust that, well, I hope you've gotten something from this today. (laughs) So um, as a little reminder, just take a big breath. I am confident that you are more critical of yourself than you need to be in one way or another. I'm sure of it. Trust me in trying out this practice of self-compassion, of taking the things you are self-critical over, and instead of thinking your criticism will motivate you to change, maybe consider a new way, a more compassionate way, an understanding and empathetic way to create change 
instead of keeping the negative patterns growing deeper and deeper in your literal brain mess, okay? You are showing up. You are doing the things, and I'm proud of you. As always, thank you so much for listening. Remember, it is most important that you embrace your own journey of self-compassion, self-reflection, and self-kindness as you learn to embrace the jiggle and become the best version of you. Be sure to check out my website with jadekulia.com for the upcoming classes that will provide a welcoming space for you to come as you are and enjoy happy hula movement with all of this self-compassion infused into it. Thank you again so much for listening. I'll talk to you soon.